soup time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now pushing the limits, here's Brian Shapiro. All right, what's up, everybody? Happy Friday, man. I'm in a good mood today, sort of. Uh, But uh, the weekend is upon us. It's going to be a fun sports weekend, a little UNLV football tonight. Raiders game on Sunday. Uh, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun weekend. We get a lot to get to and a lot to talk about. Of course, talking about a lot of serious issues as well. We got Nicole Mitchell's that's gonna be joining us in hour number two. So she's the pastor turned stripper, for lack of a better term. Comes from a very evangelical right family. So I want to ask her a little bit about abortion because uh, well, Republicans have not had uh, a very uh, successful time talking about that position. We'll talk to her coming up in hour number two. I want to start the show off right away. And I want to start the show off um, by introducing uh, my in-studio guest. He's done the show before. And uh, joining us in studio, his name is Doc Walls. He ran against Rob Emanuel for mayor of Chicago and then ran as a Republican and attempted to be the next governor in the great state of Nevada. He has since turned to an independent and he's running for mayor the city of Las Vegas, my good friend Doc Walls joining us. In the hey, Doc, it's good to see you, my friend. Good How are to you? See you, Brian. It's good, always a pleasure. I feel like you. I'm at home with family. Oh, well, I appreciate that. That's very nice of you yes, to say. Sir. I feel the same. Um, so much to get to with you. Absolutely. I have to start off by asking you this. Yes. What did you make of the elections the other night where Republicans had a very poor evening, mm-hmm. similar to the 2022 midterms, midterms. where uh, Democrats... Uh, did better than some expected. What do you make of what took place? I think that the Republicans need to pay attention and recognize that they're behind schedule. They are fighting against the tide. You're fighting against women in the United States of America because abortion matters to women. And when you have a strategy like Trump's strategy, which is tell them I'm the one that canceled Roe v. Wade, uh, something that had 50 years of precedence, by the way, you're in trouble. And I think that the Republicans better get a message that people um, will appreciate. And I know that you ran as a Republican here Mm -hmm. as governor in the state of Nevada. What is going on with this Republican Party today? It seems like it's an extreme MAGA Republican Party today where they want to tell a woman what to do with her body and they want to ban abortion. They want to talk about Mm -hmm. drag queen Mm -hmm. reading, right? And they want to talk about, you know, Mm -hmm. anti-LGBT. Clearly, uh, many of these far-right Republicans are Mm -hmm. anti-gay marriage. Yeah. What do you make of this party today and the extremism? I mean, look at the House GOP speaker today where he can't separate church from state, tried to overturn the outcome of the 2020 election. We know his take on abortion. If he had it his way, abortion would be illegal across the board in every state in this country. No exception. Right. That's right. Now, I ran for for governor in the Republican Party because I had a message that needed to get out. And here in Nevada, you can't run as an independent in the primary. And my message wouldn't wait. As you know, I received the endorsements of the Las Vegas Sun newspaper and Las Vegas Weekly, and they recognized that I had the best plan for the budget, best plan for public safety, best plan to diversify our economy, and the best plan to ensure that everyone's right to vote was protected. And that was critical and important because if the Republicans had had it their way, 
they would have changed the way we vote and eliminated a whole lot of people from the voter rolls. And I wasn't going to stand for that. The Republicans are out of control. They need to get their act together. They need to recognize that this is 2023 coming up on 2024 and people are not going to allow them to control their destiny. You know, here you have men who can't get pregnant, who want to tell women who get pregnant for whatever reason, be it uh, rape or, you know, incest or uh, sometimes just because they got drunk or it was a careless act. You can't tell people what to do with their own body. So the Republicans need to get their act together. And the voters have sent that signal to them. So if a Republican comes up to you <clears throat> and says, what happened? Thought you were in my party. You ran as a Republican, mm -hmm. the great state of Nevada. Now you're running as an independent mm -hmm. for mayor of the city of Las Vegas. And I would imagine some of that, at least, mm -hmm. is some frustration within the Republican Party. Can yeah. you can you talk about that? Yeah, I'm, I might have stayed with the Republican Party for a minute if the Republican Party was sensible. But I can't associate myself with a party that's anti-people. And the Republican Party is clearly anti-people. They are extremists in every sense of the word. They They tell women that they have to keep a baby but they won't help provide for that baby. So, I mean, you leave women with no choice. You have some women who recognize that they just don't have the wherewithal, don't have the skills. Some are not um, fully developed mentally because some of these are young girls, 12, 13, 14 years old, sometimes 16 years old. Right. And they're not mentally developed and they don't see anybody providing the support that they need to ensure that they're going to be able to raise that child in a way that's going to be beneficial to that child. So people make hard decisions for a lot of reasons. But I can tell you this, the Republican Party has not been friendly to women in that sense. I agree with you 100%. That's one very big issue. And mm -hmm. that's why they had a bad midterms. And that's why they had a bad election night the other night. Right. But then we go to the part of the party that kisses the ring of Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. what, what, what would you say if, if somebody came to you, maybe it was Byron Donalds or Tim Scott, mm -hmm. If a black man or woman who's a Republican says Donald Trump did great things for black people, what is your response to that? Uh, I, I didn't see it. I didn't see where he did anything good for anybody in America except for he and his family. Donald Trump is a very selfish individual who is way too old to be running for president of the United States of America. He has 91 counts of indictment against him, and that's not by accident. He doesn't want to assume responsibility for anything that he's done. So it's time out for Donald Trump. It's time for Donald Trump to go and sit down. And he really should. It's time for fresh blood uh, in the political arena. Back in the day when you ran against Rob Emanuel for mayor mm -hmm. of, of the city of Chicago, how has the, in your opinion, how has the Republican Party changed since then? Well, the Republican Party has always been a party that was about big business. For example, the tax cuts that they gave. Those tax cuts hurt everyday people. They gave tax cuts to the rich, and they didn't care how it affected our economy. Our economy, our budget uh, is out of whack. We have a deficit that's out of control, and that deficit grew under Donald Trump. But the Republicans don't own that. They try to make it appear as though they're the ones who are fiscally responsible, and it's not. So I don't like hypocrisy. You know, I have problems with some Democrats. I have some problems with some Republicans, but there are very few Republicans who make sense. Is it fair to say that you will never run 
uh, for office as a Republican ever again? Yes, it's fair to say I will not run for office again as a Republican. I mean, I called myself then a Renaissance Republican. Mm -hmm. And a Renaissance Republican to me was that kind of Republican who was more like a Reagan kind of Republican, somebody who would uh, see both sides of the issue and would try to arrive somewhere in the middle or someplace sensible, not just someone that was determined to uh, hurt other people through the process. I don't understand the obsession. Help me understand the obsession with so many on the far right when it comes to Hunter Biden, when it comes to Hunter Biden's <laughs> genitalia, who's, they seem to talk about that a lot. Mm -hmm. The only gun that Republicans seem to care about is an unloaded gun that Hunter Biden had for 11 days. By the way, he didn't commit a crime with that gun. Sure. Uh, it seems to me the only gun that they seem to care about. We've got Calmer. Uh, and the Republicans who are investigating the Biden family when we just learned a $200,000 loan that Comer was involved in, uh, but yet he wants to talk about Joe Biden and Joe Biden's brother and and, and loans given and taken. Uh, it just seems to me the Republican Party today is a party of hypocrisy. I agree. Hypocrisy is the, the order of the day in the Republican Party. As you indicated, they're going after Biden's son simply because he's Biden's son for things that they wouldn't go after anybody else for. You got bump stocks. They don't ban those. They are for anything and everything mm -hmm. that the uh, uh, that a, a, a gun owner might have. So I think that we need to take a good look at who's pulling the strings. And it boils down to dollars and cents and that pro-gun lobby. What would be your message to Republicans? I mean, they've lost six of the last seven popular votes in the presidential elections. What would be your message to Republicans out there throughout the country if they do want to win elections down the road? Yeah, my message to them would be, listen to the people. How many times do people's votes have to show you that they're not interested in your policies? It's time for you to wake up and smell the coffee. It's time for you to do what's reasonable and what's right for average, ordinary people and to make sure that you're not promoting policies that hurt children and women and free people. And it's interesting you say that because I agree with you. But if you talk to a lot of the MAGA Republicans today, they'll say that it's the Democrat policies that are hurting children, that children are being indoctrinated in our schools. Yeah. <clears throat> Let me ask you about this. Republicans always want to talk about critical race theory. And mm -hmm. I asked some of these candidates, not you, because I know you're not talking about that, but a lot mm -hmm. of Republican candidates... They're, they seem to be obsessed with critical race theory. At least they were in the 2022 midterms and the mm -hmm. 2020 elections. And then when I asked these candidates, even local candidates, can you name me one teacher in this school district that is teaching critical race theory? They can't come up with one example, yet they think it's all over our schools. And I say, no, it's not. And by the way, what is wrong with teaching our kids what slavery was? Mm -hmm. What is wrong with giving our kids a little bit of history but I don't believe critical race theory is going on in our schools at all. I mean, what do you make of this? Yeah, that was one of the reasons I entered into the Republican primary for governor to address that issue, because that was an issue that resonated in Virginia. And he walked in, you know, on the heels of that. So the bottom line is, no, critical race theory is not being taught in any school here in the state of Nevada. And there isn't one person that can point to a teacher, as you indicated, that is teaching critical race theory. And then they take critical race theory to the next level and say that slavery was good for black people. We taught them skills that they would have never, ha never had. Ron DeSantis all, made statements like yeah, that. Yeah, that was Ron DeSantis' program. But I've had a discussion with people right here in the state of Nevada who believe that that makes sense to them. And the bottom line is a trade 
doesn't mean anything to you if it's not your trade of choice. If it's not something that you want to do. Oh, we taught them how to pick cotton. Really? That's not a trade. That's ridiculousness. I mean, that's that's beyond insulting. And when I hear it stuff is. like that, it gets me angry. I can't even imagine how much it would get somebody like you uh, upset as a right. black man in this Absolutely. country when you hear white Republicans making statements like that right. and, and trying to turn some positives into what is an atrocity, which was slavery. Yeah. I mean, what would be your message to Ron DeSantis when he makes a statement like that? My message would be from 1619 to 1865, we had 246 years of legalized slavery in America. It took the Underground Railroad, a civil war, the suspension of the Constitution, the Emancipation Proclamation, and three constitutional amendments to finally end that shamefully brutal institution. Then we had 12 years of um, peace and harmony, followed by 100 years of Jim Crow. And during that period of time, blacks were lynched, they were beaten, women were raped, men were raped. And for us to try to whitewash the history and make it seem like that didn't happen is a travesty and a shame. And I'm not going to stand, stand for it. I'm not going to sit back and watch them do it. I'll fight in, in their arena whenever I have to. So I said that I wouldn't run as a Republican, but if it ever became necessary, I sure would. To share that message. To share to that message and shut them down on their platform. Interesting. I, 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 would, I would support you on that. Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting, at least it seems like to me, mm-hmm. that there is a base of the Republican Party. Never mm-hmm. would I ever say the entire party or every Republican. Sure. But it seems to me there is an, a base of the Republican Party that doesn't want to see more people like you mm-hmm. in power. They don't want to see women. They don't mm-hmm. want to see women of color. They don't want to see minorities. Right. You know, let's be honest, Tim Scott, they don't want to see Tim Scott no. as the front runner of the Republican Party. I mean, it's interesting to me. And then I look at the left and listen, Democrats have their issues. Sure. With that being said, though, I think you would agree with me. Plenty more women within the Democrat Absolutely. Party, more minorities within the Democrat Party. We had a black president and Barack Obama, who I know you know personally. Sure, I know um, black person. Yeah. So, I mean, why is that? Why are there so few minorities in the Republican Party compared to the Democratic Party? Because they don't support blacks or Latinos in any major way. They won't spend money to back a black candidate or a Latino candidate. They don't put any effort behind electing people who don't look like them, walk like them, talk like them, think like them, don't share their common ancestry. So that's the truth. And if they want to change that, the time is now. There are plenty of good people out here that they can get behind, but they don't do that. If you're just joining us, his name is Doc Walls. He ran against Rob Emanuel in Chicago for mayor. He ran as a Republican uh, for the governorship here in the state of Nevada a few uh few years ago 2022 Mm -hmm. and he's now uh out of the republican party he's running as an independent to try to be the next mayor of the great city of las vegas Mm -hmm. i i feel like what's going on in the republican party right here in clark county is very similar to what's going on throughout the country in that you have plenty of extremists on the far right the jim marchants the segal chattas uh, if you don't know who I'm talking about, Sagal Chatta once said that she wanted her opponent hanging from a pole. Right. Jim Marchant talks about the cabal, uh, just a, a complete whack job. Mm-hmm. You have Mike McDonald, who is the chair of the Clark County Republican Party, who uh, pleaded the fifth God knows how many times when the FBI asked him about a fake electorate scheme. Right. They had a fake electorate scheme right here in the state of Nevada. So they were trying to overthrow our dem- democratic election. I mean, it's it's unbelievable where it the Republican is. Party is at right now. I know there's good Republicans out there, and, sure and I've always are. said you, you're you're a very reasonable man, but uh, I, I just don't understand how 
that base of the party thinks that they're going to win elections by continuing to believe in the things that they believe in and talk about the things that they talk about. Mm -hmm. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene is trying to, uh, you know, out Pete Buttigieg today. And let's be honest, the reason why she's doing that is because she doesn't like the fact that he's gay. Right. And that's something else that we haven't even talked about, the Republican Party and their thoughts on homosexuality. And why should it matter what two people do in their own bedroom? I don't even want to talk about sex outside of my bedroom. If right. we could get that out of discussion, certainly it's necessary when it comes to sex education for children in a court classroom, in a clinical way. That's important because these children have to learn. But I don't want to have discussions about people's sex lives. You know, what my wife and I do in private is up to us. What two other people do, be they two males, two females, that's not for me to judge. I'm not here to put anybody down. I wish we could all just love one another. Mm. And by love, I mean care for one another, care, care about one another's well-being, you know, care for justice, goodness, values, mercy and grace for other people. That's all we should want. I agree. Amen to that. I, I don't understand the obsession, too, with men and women's bathrooms, men and women's bathrooms and men's bathrooms. Mm -hmm. And when I hear, again, I'm talking about the extreme right. I don't think most Republicans feel this mm -hmm. way. But if you talk to an extreme MAGA Republican, a lot of them feel like if you're a transgender, born a man, transitioned to a woman, that somehow you have that surgery or you identify as a woman so you can go into a bathroom and molest a child, which is obviously absurd. If right. you're that demented and crazy of a person that you want to hurt a child, you're going to go into the restroom, whether it says men or women. I right. mean, any logical person would know that, but yet they want to chastise those that are different than them. And it's just an opportunity to scare people and lie to people. Transgender is bad. And I right. just, I don't understand that argument. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an argument that's specious at best. And the bottom line is we have to respect everybody's right to have individuality. Certainly we have to protect our children. That's important. But there are ways to do that without trampling on other people's rights because we all have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And what that means is defined by the courts. It's mm -hmm. not defined by us. So we should pay more attention to what, what happens in real life and not what happens in people's imagination. I don't hear about children getting molested in a bathroom by some transgender individual. I don't hear about that. So we can, we can, you know, create, um, red herrings if we want to and try to make it appear as though this is a major issue, but there are more important issues to deal with. Yeah. You know Why what I do here? deal with, with homelessness. I agree. And I, I want to, next segment, I want to talk to you about homelessness, but when we talk about kids, being harmed. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll tell you some stories that I do hear about a lot. It's kids getting mm -hmm. plowed and mowed down in schools. Yeah. Gun violence <clears throat> in this country as it's ever been. Now, That's you right. ran for mayor against Rob Emanuel in <clears throat> Chicago. You know exactly what's going on in Chicago. Now, I can't stand it when people say, look at the black on black crime. Mm -hmm. I don't care what the color of your skin is. I don't care how old the person is. I don't care what the reasoning is, whether it's gang violence or kids getting plowed mm -hmm. and killed in a school. Gun violence is gun violence. It doesn't have a color on it. We have a gun problem in this country. And most violence is um, a product of opportunity. So people turn on the people who are closest to them, usually out of what they consider to be a need. 
which isn't usually the case, because if you avail yourself to other resources, you'll find that your needs will be taken care of. But there's white on white crime, Latino on Latino crime, black on black crime, Asian on Asian crime. That's just the nature of the beast. But our goal has to be to make this city safe for everyone, morning, noon and night, whether they work at school, in the classroom, whether they're on the streets. We have to make this city safe. And we have a burgeoning gang issue that we have to pay attention to. And that's gangs of all ilks. It's not black gangs, white gangs, Latino gangs. It's all kinds of gangs coming into Las Vegas. And if we don't nip that in the bud, we're going to have a major problem. So those are the things that I have to address. And it's interesting because I had a brief conversation a few weeks back with a right wing syndicated talk show host named Joe Pags. Mm -hmm. I dislike him very much because I think he, just like what Rush Limbaugh did, he spreads bigotry, hatred, and lies. And we were talking about, it was one of those podcasts on on X, and he was talking about police and and how they treat certain people, and he Mm -hmm. made the case, and I asked him, I said, do you think police officers as a whole treat black people and white people exactly the same? Guess what his answer was? Yes. Oh, please. And I said, I'm not saying every police officer is racist. In fact, I'd say to the contrary. Mm -hmm. I'm pro-police as well, and I'm pro-Black Lives Matter. Sure. I say that most police officers are heroes. Mm -hmm. They do their jobs very well. They serve and protect. And and, and I try to shake their hands and thank them for what they do every day. However, just like in any profession, there's going to be some bad apples out there. There's bias. And for somebody to say that as a whole... Mm-hmm. Black people are treated exactly the same as white people by law enforcement. What would be your response? Get to your that? head out of the sand, because the truth is all you have to do is look at the statistics on a percentage basis. Blacks go to jail much more than whites. And it's primarily because there's racial profiling by police. Then there's over prosecution by prosecutors. Judges will throw the book at a black person who doesn't have an attorney or have a good attorney who couldn't afford an attorney. And that's just the way of life. And when you go before parole boards, they're much tougher on black folks than white folks. And the statistics prove that. So we don't live in a color colorblind society. We can't pretend like this is a colorblind society. No, we have to heal this nation. And it starts with us recognizing that no critical race theory is not being taught in our schools. And if your children are being taught about slavery, that just makes them sensitive to the concerns of others. And it doesn't mean that they're going to feel bad about themselves all of their lives. So let's get our act together and try to make this a world in which we can all get along, a world in which we can uh, start to do things that make sense, like eating a little less so there's more food for people who are starving. People say, oh, people are starving in, in you know, this country or that country. It's because we're gluttons over here. It has a ripple effect. If we're eating up all, all the produce and all the food here, then there's nothing to put over there. Very well said. You know, I think of even Tim Scott, who I'm not a big fan of, but even he said he was pulled over in a year 10 times because of the color of his skin. And I think of... Uh, when, you know, I had Lee Elder on this show a couple months back, and he's one of those people that says systemic racism doesn't exist. I think he's a complete buffoon. Yeah. But I give yeah. this example because I think this is a, and I gave the example to him and he didn't know what to say. I think of Ahmaud Arbery, right? Mm-hmm. Here's an innocent black man yep. who was jogging down the street, proven that he wasn't committing any crimes. Mm-hmm. And he was lynched by right. three white people. But it gets worse than that. Because 12 officers we learned in the trial saw the video of that lynching that day. Mm-hmm. And those three men were never arrested. Right. From the top down, from the top of that precinct to those that are in power, lied to Ahmaud Aubrey's mother mm-hmm. and told Ahmaud Aubrey's mother that Ahmaud Aubrey was the aggressor and that he was committing a crime. Both were proven lies. And 
I look at that case and I ask people who are white, mm -hmm. who claim that systemic racism doesn't exist, and I throw it at them like this, Doc, and I say, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, that Ahmaud Arbery was white, mm -hmm. and the three men that killed him were black, and they killed him because of the color of his skin. Do you think those three men wouldn't have been arrested that oh, night? charged with a hate crime before they could get to the police station. Thank you. Why is it so hard for people like Larry Elder and others mm -hmm. to fail to understand that? I don't know, but um, you're not being genuous when you say things like that. You're being disingenuous. And the bottom line is, if you're a human being, you ought to care about the fate of other human beings. And we ought to be trying to m make this world a better place. If we want to have a society that respects everyone, including us, especially as we move around and we're vulnerable, mm -hmm. then we have to invest in that. We have to make sure that we're doing everything we can to make sure there's zero tolerance for police abuse of authority and for police ignoring the law or misapplying the law. And it happens all the time. It happens even here in Vegas, maybe not as much as some other places. And I'm thankful that it yeah. doesn't. It's not a major, major issue here, but it is an issue wherever you go. And we have to address that. No question. And, I, and I'll preface it by saying, I don't know what it's like to be followed in an electronic store because of the color of my skin. Mm -hmm. People thinking I'm going to steal. I don't know what it's like being pulled over because of the color of my skin. Shopping while black, driving while black. Yeah. It's real. Well, that's why I listen to people like mm -hmm. you, because I wasn't raised in that same Sure. You know, uh, way. And I try to listen and I try to understand. And I think if mm -hmm. we just did that with other people a little bit more then we would come to some sort of, you know, mutual understanding before we go to break. And having said that, America is still the greatest country in the world, but no we question. still have room for improvement. We, we always, can do it. always have room for improvement. Yes, sir. I completely agree. One hundred and fifty percent. I want to ask you this before we go to break. Yes. Um, and I want to talk about homeless when we come back. Absolutely. But. If you had an opportunity to sit in a room with Donald Trump today mm -hmm. and speak to him as someone who once was in the Republican Party, you mm -hmm. ran as governor as a Republican. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, what would you say to like the Jim Jordans, the Donald Trumps, the Kevin McCarthy's? Like, what would you say to them in a room? I would tell them that their extremism is drowning out the cries of just average ordinary people who are much closer to the middle who are out here living real lives and going through real struggles with their family and who have to uh, suffer the consequences of the things that they say and do. Some of those people are on the Democrat side, some of those people on the Republican side, but close to the middle. So what he did, for example, to the women in Georgia, putting them out on, on social media and saying that they were still in the election when it wasn't true and he knew it wasn't true, that's criminal. And at some point in time, his conscience has to begin to bother him. So I would tell him to take a moment and think about how your actions are hurting other people. And is it really worth it for you to benefit financially or for you to achieve your goals? You've already been president. Why don't you now try to prove that you're a decent human being, somebody who's worthy of seeing God's kingdom? I think I think, again, that is very well said. Does it concern you, though, that? The leader of the Republican Party right now is still Donald Trump. And even though he's facing 91 felony counts, it's interesting because many in the Republican Party, uh, they still call themselves the law and order party. Mm -hmm. Yet when you ask those people on that stage running for uh, office, except for Chris Christie right now, mm -hmm. everybody else on that stage says that if Donald Trump is a convicted felon, they would still support him over John, uh, over Joe Biden. Uh, what, what do you say to that? You remember Trump said that he could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and not lose one vote. If you're following Donald Trump at this point in time, something is wrong with you. You really need to 
examine who you are in life and what your values are. You're idolizing a man who's already made it clear he doesn't care about you or anybody else, but you're willing to carry his water. You got to get better than that. To be a human being in this society is a pleasure. Pleasure. It's a privilege. We wear clothes. Animals don't wear clothes. We're supposed to be sophisticated. Become sophisticated and see him for who he is and what he is. And let's move on. Election tomorrow. Who do you vote for, Joe Biden or Donald Trump, if it is between those two? Oh, it would be Joe Biden all day long. And I wish Joe Biden would go and sit down. Joe Biden is probably too old. I'd really like to see some younger blood. Who are some of the younger people, whether it's the right or the left, that you like, that you support, that you'd like to see run for president if they're not? Uh, if, if I had choices in terms of candidates for president, I'd probably like to see someone like Nikki Haley. I think mm-hmm. that she's someone who has the potential to moderate her message. I'd love to see Governor Newsom out of California. Um, I would even mind seeing Joe Biden, Jr., Hunter Biden, versus Donald Trump Jr. Anybody other than <laughs> Boy, the would that old be, guys. That would be an entertaining debate, but I'll be honest with you, I don't want to see either of them no, running anything in this country. But, but but that would be an interesting be, debate. Yeah, that would be more fun. The battle of the two buffoons. That's yeah, that's what I would yeah, call it, yeah. But because uh, I'm not a Hunter two, Biden defender either. The but, two drug addicts. Yeah. I mean, and listen, when it comes to drugs, obviously, yeah. um, you know, I sympathize. With that yeah. being said, I think it's more than just drug abuse with those two. Uh, I, I think it's a little bit of corruption and just their... They're just not the best of people. Well, I think just, we all can agree on just that. Just doing drugs doesn't make a person a bad correct, person. Correct, I mean, so, correct. So, you know, we have we have fun with it, you know. Sure. But if you can't laugh at yourself, who are you? I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. I, I, I try to self-deprecate every single day. Absolutely. There's no question about that. All right. He is Doc Walls. He ran for mayor against Rob Emanuel in Chicago. Uh, he's now running for mayor of Las Vegas, but now as an independent. He ran as a Republican for the governorship here in the great state of Nevada, but he is now switching to an independent. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Doc. Uh, he mentioned this, he alluded to the homeless issue. So I definitely want to talk to him a little bit about that and uh, some things that he wants to do in Las Vegas, maybe a little bit differently if he becomes mayor. So I certainly want to talk to him about that as well. And I'm also going to give out the number. If you'd like to be a part of the conversation, ask Doc a question. He wants to be your next mayor, 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of Pushing the Limits and ask Doc a question, 702-221-SAVE, 702-221-7283. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHB. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub? When you can be a hero, Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it.
Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Whether you're a corporate executive, on a family vacation, or just passing through, St. George Inn & Suites will meet your specific needs. It's conveniently located near restaurants, shopping, and movie theaters. St. George Inn & Suites offers a variety of room types, two fabulous pools and jacuzzis, a fitness center, a free full hot buffet breakfast, and laundry facilities. To make your booking, call 435-673-6661 or book online at stgeorgeinnhotel.com. You need to stop in Southern Utah? Make that stop at St. George Inn & Suites. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits. Thank you for joining us on a lovely Friday. Uh, as I mentioned, there's a lot of stuff going on in Vegas this week, and holy smokes. Big UNLV football game tonight. We got the Raiders uh, playing the Jets that are in town on Sunday. A lot going on in Vegas. F1's coming out. F1. Oh, don't even get me started with I that. I know. Everybody that voted for that should be fired. Ugh. Ugh. So gross. Uh, Ridiculous. My uh, guest today, his name is Doc Walls. He ran for mayor against Rob Emanuel in Chicago. He ran for governor as a Republican here in the state of Nevada. And now he's running as an independent for mayor in the great city of Las Vegas. Joining me in studio now. Um, Doc, it's interesting because you did mention Gavin Newsom and a big criticism of his is, is the homeless issue in California. And I say, well, it's not just California. It's going on all over the country. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they put together some, they implemented some policies and trying to get these homeless people off the streets. Mm-hmm. They have to get rid of all their property or most of it except a bag. And then they yeah. get these hotel rooms and, and hopefully they clean themselves <laughs> up. And But uh, I, don't, I don't really know what the answers are, but there's a lot of drug, substance abuse, depression, you know, you name it. All different types of reasons, mental illness, why people end up being homeless. What do you make of the homeless problem in this country and what can we do about it? Oh, it's misunderstood. You know, there's much more to it than just the drugs and the uh, uh, lack of care for, for oneself. Here's the thing. Uh, post-COVID, they started evicting people. After the moratorium was lifted, they're evicting 125 people a day. 
And those are oftentimes families who lost the wage earner to COVID Mm -hmm. and they don't have the resources to keep it together. So they end up homeless and on the streets. On Tuesdays, I'm down at 204 Master and we feed people every Tuesday. We feed 400 to 500 people every Tuesday. The beautiful part for me is I get to tell them, one, I love them. Two, I get to tell them that God loves them and get to, you know, hear from them. So I talk to those people. I get a chance to look in their eyes and I see most of these people are people who still have hope in their lives. Yeah. They haven't given up and many of them are not drug addicted. They're just challenged in, in, in a lot of different ways and it can happen to anyone. And then on Saturdays, I'm down in the tunnels. So I go in the tunnels with Shine a Light. Uh, on Tuesdays, it's with uh, Zen's awesome. Kitchen on, on you know, Shine a Light. And many of those guys and, and gals were down there in the tunnels themselves. So we go down in the tunnels and we give people food and we give them water and we give them the necessities of life. Give them I love the fact that you products. do that. That's so awesome. Oh, yes. It, it, I'm, I'm floating on a cloud when I yeah. go through with that. Not because... Uh, not because, you know, things have gotten better. You're, you're for helping life, but people. We're, we're trying. You're helping oftentimes people. Oftentimes, we're able to bring some people out and put them in treatment. So Shine of Light is doing a phenomenal job. Zen's Kitchen is doing a phenomenal job. And I'm thankful to be a part of that. But there are solutions to the homelessness issue. For example, real quickly, it costs $46,000 a year to incarcerate one inmate here in Nevada, whether they're in the city jail mm-hmm. or in the county jail. $46,000 a year, but it only costs $23,000 a year to house, feed, and accommodate a full family of four. I would much rather spend my money on taking care of families rather than housing a nonviolent offender. And I'm speaking specifically about nonviolent offenders. 40% of those people in prison are nonviolent offenders who aren't a threat to themselves or any other human being who aren't psychologically trying to destroy anybody. They could be on house arrest or they could be in rehabilitation, or they could be in training, education yeah. training, right there in the home with their family and friends. Yeah, it's so we have to unthink our economics. Very rewarding, though, what you're doing and in, in, in helping those in need, and I commend you for doing that. Number to call, by the way, if you want to be a part of the conversation, is 702-221-7283. And again, that number is 702 702- Two two one seven two eight three. If you'd like to ask Doc a question, he's running for mayor, great city here of Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Let's start off with uh, Marvin. Marvin, what's going on? I'm a one-issue voter. I want the lights on the tennis courts fixed at nighttime. I'm sick of playing in the dark. So of all the things happening in the world, you want the lights on in the tennis courts. Well, that's very, very interesting. Um, <laughs> how I think, about the pickleball court? Yeah, how about the, you know, pickleball is, uh, it's, taken off. It, it's it's taken off, isn't it? It's it's a yeah, pretty. Do you play pickleball? I, I don't know. Did, did we lose him? I think we might have lost him. Uh, oh. I, I don't know if that's the number one issue on your mind is no, keeping the tennis the court lights issue. on at night. But I, w- I will issue. say this, though, if you're a taxpayer. Yeah. Uh, and the weather in Vegas is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, you'd like the lights on a little bit later. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> against that. I'll do that for you. Yes. Number to call 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation and ask Doc a question, he's running for, hopefully it's a better question than keep the lights on in the tennis courts. That's I think okay. there's Any probably a few more important things going on in the world um, yeah. other than just uh, keeping the lights on in the tennis courts. What do you make of what's going on? I didn't ask you about this. Uh, mm-hmm. What's going on in Israel right now? Israel is a sad, sad state of affairs. The first thing that I'd say is I don't want to see women and children getting killed. I don't want to see innocent men getting killed. Soldiers are one thing, and soldiers take on that duty and responsibility to protect their loved ones or to advance a cause. But when you start bombing children, either side, it's wrong. It's, to me, that is a war crime, and people ought to be held accountable. So I think it's horrible what Hamas did. 
to go in there the way they did and just slaughter innocent people. But your response has to be measured. Certainly you're angry, but you have to take a breath and and go in surgically. And if you want to end Hamas's rule, I understand. But don't sweep up innocent women and children in the process. Yeah, I I agree. I, I think the conversation needs to start by understanding that Hamas is a terrorist organization. Mm -hmm. And then when we can all agree that what Hamas did was barbaric Mm -hmm. uh, and they butchered a bunch of innocent Israelis, then we have the conversation of how Israel should respond. I think Mm -hmm. most reasonable people would agree Israel has the right to defend themselves uh, with the responsibility of trying not to kill innocent Palestinians. Mm -hmm. With that being said, when the Israeli government continues to give them warnings that they need to go south, uh, because they want to destroy Hamas. They have a right to do that. And then the terrorist organization Hamas won't allow them to leave Gaza. Mm-hmm. That is not Israel's problem. Right. They are defending themselves from this group of terrorists. Yeah. And I don't know what else people, you know, I keep hearing the term ceasefire, ceasefire mm-hmm. from certain individuals. And my response to that is there was a ceasefire. Mm-hmm. Hamas broke the ceasefire. <clears throat> if there is another ceasefire, what leads you to believe that Hamas won't do it again? Yeah, it so, makes no sense to me. So, yeah, you, you you trust, but you have to verify. And you're absolutely right. They're using people as human shields. But the bottom line is you can't kill innocent people. So you go in surgically. It may take a minute longer. You have the resources to do that. The United States will stand with you. But the danger is if you go in there and you're reckless in any sense of the word, and I'm not saying anybody is reckless because I'm not over there. I don't know what's going on. But if you are reckless, you're going to lose the support of people. And there's nothing more important during a war than the support of people, uh, especially your, your allies. And we spend more money on Israel's defense than any other country we support. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. I mean, there's listen, there's a lot of money being pumped, mm-hmm. not just into Israel, but of course, into Ukraine. I think it's a yeah. fair conversation to have. Sure. Uh, if, so, you know, a lot of people out there feel like we've given a little bit too much yeah. to Ukraine. And I think that's, again, that's a fair conversation mm-hmm. to have. I think most people can agree. We need to make sure that Vladimir Putin mm-hmm. loses this war. Yeah. Uh, not just for the if sake he's of still alive. Right, right. We don't know that. We've heard if some weird his, rumors. It's not his body double. Yeah. Uh, if not just for the sake of the Ukraine, for the sake of the world and for sake uh, for this country. Sure. 702-221-7283 is the number to call if you'd like to be a part of the conversation. Why don't we go to Damon, who's next up on Pushing the Limits. Hey, Damon, Damon, thanks for calling in. What's on your mind? Hey, what's going on, fellas? I got a question for, what's your name, man? I didn't catch your name. My name? Yeah, he knows Doc my Walls. name. <laughs> I'm Doc Walls, Damon. Who? Okay, D-O-C-K- Doc Walls. L-O-L-S. Got you. Okay, I got a question yes, for you. Sir. Okay, but as racist as the Republican Party obviously is, uh-huh. and the greatest presidents probably that they say we've had in your lifetime, Reagan was openly racist. His record as a governor in California, the conversation he had with Nixon that just told on itself with the Freedom of Information Act, right. and George Bush 
he ran the CIA when they were bringing the drugs into the black community. No doubt about what it. What made you want to be a Republican? Okay, so I'm not a Republican. I'm an independent, but I had to run the Republican Party to stand on the same stage with them and tell them that they were lying when they said the election was stolen, tell them they were lying when they said that critical race theory was being taught in our schools, say that they were lying when they said that we needed to change the way we vote, and say that they were lying when they tried to assault our rights. So I'm not a Republican. Oh, okay. I've never been a Republican. I have problems with the Republican Party, just like you do. But I will go behind enemy lines if necessary to fight a fight. Come, come okay, with. Okay, well, bless you then, brother. Well, bless you, brother. I didn't know that was your plan. Good he idea. He ran as a Republican, uh, yeah. but he's not a, Republican, not a Republican now. That's I've for always sure. been an independent. Yeah, I get you. Brian and, Brian you and I, Brian and I were one problem. debate. One debate, and Brian was the moderator at that I debate. Was. In fact, that was how we first met. I'm and glad I met you, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, and he asked the question, was the election stolen? And I made it clear, no, the election's not yeah. stolen. Joe Biden is not fishing. So, and then after he went through everybody else, all these people saying the election was stolen, he said he agreed with me. They wanted to turn the yeah. tables over. Let me, let me give a little bit of background on that. I'm glad you brought that up. So, so first off, yeah, I didn't even ask that question because I think it was a stupid question. Uh, it was at some uh, debate that I was moderating, and just about everybody there was a Republican running as a governor. It was a gubernatorial debate, and I was the moderator, right? And one of the people that asked the question, I'm not even going to repeat her name because she's such a clown. Uh, she asked the question, do you think Trump won the, won the election in 2020? Doc was one of the few people there that said no. Everybody else said yes. So as the moderator, it's not your job to debate, and it's not your job to share opinions. It's your job to separate fact from fiction. What I said was there is no evidence to this day that shows that there was widespread voter fraud that could have overturned the 2020 election. And you should have heard the room. Everybody oh, was screaming at me. That's not your over. place. I will never work with that organization again, and I will never be treated again like the way I was treated that day because I just won't do it. And and Doc came up to me afterward and said, yeah, I agree with you. It just it, despicable people, ignorant people, and, and those are the people that are the extremists on the right today, Damon. But somebody's got to stand up to him, Damon. I got involved in that election on the very last day because nobody else had stepped up, and I saw what happened in Virginia. In Virginia, they elected a Republican when they should have elected a Democrat because he was able to get on the stage during the primary and say, oh, they're teaching critical race theory in the schools. They're poisoning your children's mind when it wasn't happening. So somebody had to stand up to him. So thanks, Dan. Okay, well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm cool, because you sound so intelligent that I'm sitting there like, this brother should get it. Oh, no, but, okay. I get it. I'm Trust with you. Me, I get it. Okay. I fight where I, I need you. to fight. I, I go and fight. I'm Damon, not afraid. Damon, thanks for calling in, my friend. Appreciate it. All right, man. Take right, it easy. you out. Thank you. 702. He, he doesn't sound like an intelligent guy. He is an intelligent guy. 702-221-7283. If you want to join the conversation again, 702-221-SAVE. Let's go to Edward. Edward is next on Pushing the Limits. What's up, Edward? Hey, Edward. What's up, guys? Happy Friday, by the way. Happy, Happy Friday, Friday, Edward. Well, up? All right. Good, good to be alive. Yep. Hey, uh, two things I want to bring up. I did watch the Republican, the Republican uh, debate yesterday. I wasn't feeling it. I've got my own vibe on that. And uh, second question is for, for y'all. I would like to know, who is your favorite president of all time? Alive, alive or dead? Good question. Go ahead, Doc. My favorite president and why? of all time. And why? And why? Yeah, was probably um, Johnson, because Johnson had the courage to step out there and uh, promote the, the um, Civil Rights Act as well as the Voting Rights Act. And that took a lot Mr. of courage LBJ. during that time. Yeah, yeah for LBJ. me, uh, yeah, so... If I didn't think that Bill Clinton was a rapist, and I do believe he is, uh, mm -hmm. 
And that's not something that I can just scrub away and say, well, let's just forget about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I think he's he's a a bad guy. But Mm -hmm. with that being said, if we're just going to talk about not the human being, but policy wise, Mm -hmm. I thought Bill Clinton policy wise was an excellent president. He's a bad guy. But uh, he was able to work across the aisle with Mm -hmm. Republicans. We ended his presidency Mm -hmm. surplus. The whole thing he did with Monica Lewinsky was despicable and beneath the office of the presidency. Bad guy. Literally. Literally. He he was probably the smartest president we've seen, to be perfectly honest with you, because the one thing he did was he Mm co-opted the Republican Party's contract with America, the 10-party, 10-point program, and made it his own, and they had no choice but to buy into it. I mean, we go down the list, Jimmy Carter, nice man, not Mm -hmm. a very good president. Mm -hmm. George W. Bush, we we went into war in Iraq under false pretenses, Uh, not a good president. Uh, I look at... George Bush Sr. I don't, I'm not sure he was a terrible president. Yeah. I think he had some class. Uh, and then I, I look at... John uh, Kennedy was cool, but yeah. uh, he wasn't quite the fighter mm-hmm. that Clinton was. Yeah, a little before my time there, but I, mm-hmm. as I go to... Uh, uh, I should have made everybody laugh and said Donald Trump. Everyone was like, Brian, <laughs> Brian, what happened to you? Did oh, you yeah. hit in the head? Uh, I don't oh, think Joe Biden's been a great president. I think he's all right. He's passed some good policies. But he, right, he's passed some, good, some good bipartisan bills, whether yeah. it be the infrastructure bill, yeah. helping our brave men and women in uniform. But it's time for him to go and sit down. Yes, I agree. We need some younger people in office. But uh, you know, it's hard for me to say best president in my lifetime because when I think of Bill Clinton and I think of policy, I also think of the womanizing. Yeah. And uh, even though he's not a convicted rapist. All I, humans are fallible. Yeah. but I, fallible. Not, not, not a great guy, but policy-wise. I would say Bill Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to bring up the debate. I didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday, but, you know, I'm seeing maybe maybe this, this is just an opinion, not a fact. The Republicans were all fighting each other. So I'm really and I agree with what y'all were saying yesterday about Trump versus Biden again. Round two. I but I think the Republicans were so skitter scattered right now. I don't think we're going to win. I don't. Yeah. And I am a Republican and I don't think I understand. We're, we're putting our eggs in one basket with one person in particular. And it's too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we're going to, I, I, I don't want to say, but I don't believe the next president of the United States will be a Republican this round. Yeah. It might be Biden for another four years. I think the party is overrated. And at this point in time, we need to all take a yes, pill and start looking at ourselves as individuals. And maybe everybody ought to become nonpartisan and independent and then let the party settle and then figure out where you Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, hey, I hope you have a great weekend, Edward. I appreciate the call. Good talking okay? to you, Edward. All right, guys. Thank you all so much. Bye-bye. Peace, Bye-bye. Bro. 702-221-7283. And again, that number to call if you want to be a part of the conversation, 702-221-SAVE. Uh, with that being said, most of the country right now, Doc, does not want to see Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. Right. I'm one of them. I yep. definitely don't want to see Donald yep. Trump. I don't want to see Joe Biden either. Yep. But yet, it appears as though... This is where we're at as a country. I don't know. There's still time, to be perfectly honest with you, because Donald Trump has some major bumps in the road. I think that they're going to rush the uh, documents trial, and that could be the strongest case against him. And then Biden, uh, the Democrat Party is starting to get a little uneasy, and I think that more and more he's starting to hear that you've done a great job. Maybe it's time to stop and rest on your laurels and let these folks get out here, because if Kamala Harris is going to end up being president of the United States, I'd like to see her earn it. 
Yeah, I don't want to see her as president. Yeah, I don't want to um, see her. Just it has nothing to do with the color of her skin. Or, it has nothing gender. to do with her being no, a female. I just don't I, like I, the, many, many of her policies or the way she carries herself. Yeah, I, really I, I just don't like. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Now she's a very smart lady. Mm-hmm. She's very well educated. Sure. I'm not insulting her for any of those reasons and the attacks on the right where she slept her way to the top are absurd they're ridiculous she's She's a very intelligent lady with a law degree uh and she had to work hard to get to where she's at i don't take any of that away from her she's an honorable human being no question that if she's going to be president she ought to earn it not riding on biden's coattails yeah and i and i i don't think she's very good with the media Mm -hmm. um i also am not sure she she's ready I want to see that. a fighter. I mean, when you're yeah. vice president, you don't have the everyday attention that the president has. You have an opportunity to get out here and use that office as a bully pulpit and hold people accountable and make a difference. You know, force people to create policies that are good for people. So the president has to do the perfunctional thing. He has to go out and he has to be an administrator because yeah. the buck stops with him. Whereas you have all of this leverage and all of this power. You have every airplanes at your disposals and entourages at your disposal. Go out here and talk about issues and fight these people who are wrong and who are bad for America. Yeah. And, and by the way, uh, the word lawmaker is for a reason, because you're supposed to put law on the books. And yeah. so many of these people are noisemakers, not lawmakers. About 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Let's now go to Stu. Hi, Stu. What's on your mind? Hi, Brian. First, I want to say to Doc, thank you for making me proud of my vote for you last year. Thank you, sir. And my question is, what do you think of the uh, open primary and instant runoff voting proposal? Uh, I don't have a problem with that. In fact, I like that. I think that um, the less time that we spend in a a, uh, quandary trying to figure out who it's going to be and the less money we spend on election, the less time we spend polluting the airways with political rhetoric, I think it's better for people. So if a system like that can work and it's verifiable, I'd, I'd be all for it. I agree with you on that. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Stu. Anything else, Stu? That's it. Thanks, Brian. Right. Have a good weekend, Stu. Appreciate, appreciate the call, Stu. And good I'll be looking for you. Good to hear from you. Thank you. 702-221-7283. And again, that number if you want to join the show, 702 221 uh, seven, two, eight, three is the number to call. So here's what I want to do. I want to mm-hmm. take a break. When we come back, I had a chance to spend a little bit of time with former presidential candidate, Andrew Yang yesterday. Mm-hmm. And you're an independent. Yes. I'm an independent. Yes. And I talked to him about this independent party that he's attempting to create, not just here, but throughout the country. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to you a little bit about that sure. when we come back. All right. He's Doc Walls. I'm Brian Shapiro. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. The number to call 702-221-7283. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn, that true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? When you can be a hero. Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it.
everybody. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday. Thank you so much for joining us. So before we get into our next topic, I just want to say if you're thinking of buying or selling a home, then there's no better person to reach out to than Blake Gwynn of the Keller Williams Group. Now, you might recognize that name. Well, his grandfather was the late, great Kenny Gwynn, great governor here. You want to talk about being bipartisan and reaching across the aisle. And I mention that because Blake grew up here in Vegas, right? He's been here his entire life. He knows this city inside and out. If you're going to buy or sell your home, don't you want someone who knows this city as well as Blake does? Please give him a call at Keller Williams. And here's the special. you get a, if, you, if you're buying or selling, you get $1,000 cash back if you mention the name of this show. Give Blake a call for the free information, whatever you need. 702-540-3311. And again, that number, give Blake Gwynn a call. Keller Williams Group, tell him I sent you. 702-540-3311. All right, so um, I was invited by, full disclosure, by uh, the former Clark County chair here, um, Amy Tarkanian, former state chair, I should say. Why do I keep saying Clark County? Uh, Amy Tarkanian uh, to this event. And uh, I had never met Andrew Yang before. As you know, he ran for president as a Democrat, but he's now switched to the independent and he's trying to start up his own independent party. And he held this event downtown. Nice event. Met some really nice people. And Andrew Yang is going to be joining us, I'm happy to say, on the show next week. So I listen to people, really nice people, people that are frustrated with the left. They're frustrated with the right. Yeah. And there's a guy running for office in North Vegas who's joined this party. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's going to be joining us on the show, too. Here's my concern about this. You know, the Independent Party or the Green Party. Remember Ralph Nader back in the day? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work. Right. First of all, these candidates aren't getting elected. And some people would argue in some cases it takes away from <clears throat> votes on the left. So what I said to Andrew Yang is, and I'll ask him this more when he comes on the show, is like, if you have Donald Trump versus Joe Biden and you have this independent party and Donald Trump wins the election because of your independent party, mm-hmm. how would you feel about that? Exactly. And, you know, there's I think it's a very fair question. So while I applaud them for trying to do this, I don't know how you feel about this, Doc, but I just don't think it's going to work. Now may not be the time. Remember Ross Perot? Ross Perot got 7%. He spent a lot of money and he had a lot of support. And there was angst between uh, the two candidates, uh, Democrat and Republican. So he was able to get in there uh, and get more than any independent has gotten. It's not time for an independent to think that they can come in and beat Donald Trump and 
Joe Biden and I just use them as the two titular heads of the party at this point in time, because irrespective of whether or not either of them end up being the candidate, it is their movement is Bidenomics versus Trumponomics. So I would think that that's a, a, a danger to our democracy, because if they help Trump get in, Katie barred the door because Trump has made it clear that he's going to use that office weaponized against people who have opposed him. I don't want to see anybody get in office who doesn't respect our democracy and respect the fact that after the race is over, you bury the hatchet and you move on. You try to figure out how you can coalesce and work together. That's what our democracy is built on. Yeah, I agree with you 100 percent. I just feel like an independent party, especially now, Mm -hmm. It's just not going to work. We're already so divided. It seems like people are either on the left or on the right. There are people like us out there that are independents. I certainly lean to the left on social issues. There's Mm -hmm. no question about that. I I haven't hidden behind the fact that I am very anti-Donald Trump and MAGA extreme Republicans. Mm -hmm. And I'm also against extreme people on the left. And I would consider Ilhan Omar... Uh, Rashid Tlaib, mm-hmm. I consider them ext- I consider them extremists on the yeah. left, and I think Tlaib is despicable. I yeah. think her comments on Israel are despicable. Mm-hmm. River to the sea and these other, you know, yeah. the, 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 these the comments uh, that Omar has made as well over the years are anti-Semitic. Yeah, it's not healthy for America. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being pro-Palestine. Mm-hmm. But when you can't call out Hamas, which, by the way, Tlaib has yet to do, all these other Democrats that are defending her saying she doesn't support Hamas. Well, guess what? I want to hear that from her words. I want her to get up there in front of a microphone and say, before I talk about my people, Mm -hmm. I want to be very clear. Mm -hmm. Hamas is a terrorist organization. And that's what Hamas is. But she won't do that, though. Doc, she won't do that. Hamas would come here and they would rape and pillage our villages. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. They're no different than Al-Qaeda. And what Al-Qaeda did to us on September 11th. That's right. You know, they're putting babies in ovens. They're beheading babies. They're Mm -hmm. burning people alive. I mean, I... (laughs) I try not to get graphic, but sometimes people need to truly understand what Hamas represents. Yeah. And I heard this story, Doc, that is very difficult to hear, but I think it's important for people to understand what we're dealing with. And I Mm -hmm. say we, because in this country, it's an ideology that we need to get off the face of the planet, too. Sure. They go into this home, daughter and son, Hamas, Mm -hmm. young children, daughter and son, I would imagine under the age of 12, and a wife and a husband. Mm Mm-hmm. They go in there, they hold them all hostage, they tie them up, they gouge out the husband's eyes mm-hmm. while he's alive, mm-hmm. they cut off the woman's breasts, the mm-hmm. wife, they cut the fingers off of the child, the male child, and they cut the foot off of the young girl, and then execute all four of them. That's just brutal. It is this is an ideology of hate. It's despicable. And if people can tell me that the Israeli government is doing the same, mm-hmm. then I want to listen to you. Right. But they're not. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and say that innocent Palestinians are not dying because obviously they are. And I yeah. wish that wasn't the case. I do too. But they're not dying because the Israeli government wants them to die. Mm-hmm. They are dying because of Hamas. Right. Hamas is not only not allowing them to leave Gaza. Mm-hmm. But Israel is trying to demolish Hamas and get them off the face of the planet. I wish innocent people would not die. Mm-hmm. They are. It's horrible. Yeah. War is horrible. War is a beast. But I am not blaming the Israeli government. Mm-hmm. I'm blaming Hamas. Mm-hmm. And I think 
we need to start the argument there. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It is a travesty and a shame that we even have to go through this, especially in this day and age. We ought to learn how to get along. And I understand everybody's arguments. Some people say, well, Israel been, has been oppressing Palestine for a long time, but welcome to Hamas, yeah. and, as and, you indicated. And Hamas there are people is, on is responsible for it. No question. And there are people on social media, even right now, as we broadcast the show, saying, where's your proof? And what these people fail to understand is these Hamas terrorists mm -hmm. wear GoPro cameras. Yeah, and they video it. There are videos of these That's slings. Right. And yeah. some of these members of Hamas that have been mm -hmm. incarcerated and captured mm -hmm. have been interviewed and have admitted to these atrocities. And so for you people out there that are saying, where's your proof? Open you're your ignorant eyes. to facts. Open your eyes. Yeah. Open your eyes. Yeah. You're ignorant to facts. Yeah. And so we don't want to see anybody get killed. Innocent people. We don't want to see innocent women and children get murdered. There's a difference between murder and killing in war when you're defending others or when you're advancing a cause that's a just cause for your own protection and yeah. the protection of your people. And that's not what Hamas is doing. So hold Hamas responsible and let's separate Hamas from the Palestinians. And let's make certain that we're doing all we can to be judicious in the prosecution of this war. And understood. And, and, and last I heard, Hamas still has over 100 Israelis mm -hmm. taken as hostage, including some Americans. It's 240. Right. And I haven't heard of any anybody from the Israeli government taking innocent Palestinians as hostage, mm -hmm. but I'll no. take it a step further. If that was the case, which it's not, right? if I saw posters of innocent Palestinian children, mm -hmm. families that have been kidnapped, if somebody took those posters down, I would go after them. Yeah. Same as I am with all these posters of all these innocent people in Israel that have been captured, and you have people in this country that are taking those posters down, no. it's vile and it's blatant anti-Semitism. Yeah, now you don't take posters down when they say, you know, we're having a party. So this is a, a, a cause that's, uh, that's worthy of attention. And if we don't remind people that these are real lives, these are real people who are being held hostage and shame on us. You know, it's the same thing about fighting for justice right here. The whole migrant issue bothers me. For me, there's no way in the world that I would allow the migrants to disrupt the communities across America in big yeah. cities. I would provide housing and food and nourishment and other resources for them in areas that are under-occupied. Sure. You know, we have so much vacant land. I don't believe that you can just introduce them into a community and expect that the people in those communities are going to be able to get on with their lives. I think that we have to be more responsible because, first of all, we don't know who they are, what their background is, or what their intentions are. So I would rather put them in an area where they're comfortable. I don't mind them being comfortable. I want them to be comfortable. But I wouldn't let them leapfrog past people who've been here in the United States of America, who've given their all to America, yeah. like our veterans who are suffering. Sure. And we give resources to someone else and not give resources and, to our own. And, and this is the type of rhetoric that I'm talking about. Somebody on social media just said the Democrat Party is Hitler-esque. They are trying to jail their political opponents with lies. So what this person obviously fails to understand, it's, by the way, it's absurd statement. Yeah. Hitler killed 7 million Jews. For, so for you to even insert that name of Hitler in with the Democrat Party says a lot about who you are, you are and how uneducated you it are. Does. Number two, 
as far as your ignorant statement trying to jail their political opponent, Jack Smith is not a Democrat. In fact, he's actually prosecuted Democrats. So you have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. It's such a stupid statement, number one. Number two, there are plenty of Republicans that are judges, plenty of Republicans who are in the justice system, whether it be the DOJ or judges or defense attorneys or prosecutors, you have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. And to say that it's only it's the Democrats and it's George Soros that's going after all the Republicans is absurd. What what happens when a Democrat is indicted or when a Democrat uh, gets convicted? I never hear like from Hunter people. Biden. It's the Republicans that did right. it. It's the Republicans that did it. But when it's a Republican that's indicted, it must be the Democrats that did it. It's it's pure stupidity yeah, it, with some of really these people. Is. I mean, Biden has absolutely nothing to do with what happens in our justice system. And if you think that he does, show me, yeah. prove it. And for yeah, and for somebody that just said Democrats don't get convicted against somebody that has absolutely no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. Michael Avenatti is one of them, ladies and gentlemen. He got a sentence of 12 years. John Edwards, do you remember him? Last I checked, John Edwards, who ran for president, was a Democrat, and it was actually Jack Smith that convicted him. He got convicted. So again, you have absolutely no idea what you're talking about when you say Democrats don't get convicted. Again, another ignorant statement. Yeah. And if you don't know what you're talking about, then I can't have a conversation with you because yeah. you can't spell the word fact. Quit playing games with the facts. The yeah. Facts don't lie. Democrats get convicted. Republicans get convicted. Maybe they shouldn't do wrong. I believe in strong ethics. I believe that we need an inspector general who will uh, have subpoena power and ensure that the mayor, the city council, as well as the top administrators of any um, government agency, as well as contractors, are brought in to find out what you knew and when you knew it. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. Well said. Uh, don't protect people who've done yep. wrong. Don't protect Donald Trump. Donald yes, Trump please is don't. wrong. Please don't. He did more than wrong. I think he's going to end up being a convicted felon. I understand that you're innocent until proven guilty in a court of law, but these 91 felonies, I guarantee anybody out there, I don't know how many fel felonies he's going to get convicted of. But Donald Trump is going to be a convicted mm -hmm. felon. Well, welcome to the law and order party, yeah. the Republican Party. The face of your party is going to be a convicted felon. Uh, you all must be very happy. The same party that wants to defund the FBI. Yeah, exactly. What, what, yeah, they're the ones that want to defund the FBI. We're, Democrats want to defund the police. It's actually the Republicans that want to defund the mm -hmm. DOJ. It's, it's unbelievable. Doc, before we go, yes, sir. I want you to give out that information. How could people learn a little bit more about you and your run for office as mayor of the yeah, great city of Las Vegas? Real quickly, I'm the only candidate for mayor with the vision, ability, and a comprehensive plan to transform Las Vegas from just an international tourist destination into a safe and secure world-class city as designed to ensure the prosperity of every single resident and leave no one behind. You can reach me at D-O-C-K-W-A-L-L-S dot com, or you can call me on my cell. And that's 702-349-4809. Love to hear from you. Doc, it's always a pleasure having you in studio. You're a breath of fresh air. You always got my vote, my friend. Thank you, sir. Uh, really and I, I will definitely uh, support you for mayor of this great city. Thank, Thank you, you so very, much for coming much. in again. We got to play golf one of these days. Real soon. And, uh, and uh, always, a, it's good to see you. And we'll have you in again soon, okay? And for all of you out there, don't challenge Brian to golf. He's good. <laughs> I'm not bad. I, I used to be He's better good. in my early 20s, but I'm not bad. Doc, appreciate you being here. Thank you so Thank much. You, sir. I appreciate it. All right. We're going to certainly talk a little bit more about the abortion issue when we come back. And the lady we have with us coming up next, her name is Nicole Mitchell. She comes from a very evangelical right family. In fact, she used to be a pastor. Now she's an OnlyFans model. She got away from that lifestyle. She's making a lot of money now and she's happy. 
The reason why Republicans had such a bad night the other night, one of the main reasons, the abortion issue. So, yep, I'm going to talk to her about that when we come back. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? When you can be a hero, Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well, so I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. The Farmer's Burger from Farmer Boys. Beef, bacon, cheese, hand-smashed avocado, and fresh veggies. Best burger champ. That's how we drop the mic. Farmer Boys. Farm food ain't fast food. Farmer Boys' new always crispy fries stay crispier and tastier all the way home. If they make it home, sharing is caring. Farmer Boys. Farm food ain't fast food. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday. Thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure having Doc Walls in studio. Great guy. And I absolutely will support him as mayor. I think he'd do a lot of good things for this city. No question about it. We talked about a lot of uh, serious topics that first hour, and no doubt about that. So, the lady we have with us right now, uh, as she uh, does segments with me every Friday, and it's always a pleasure talking to her, uh, she was from a very 
right, far right evangelical family. She used to be a pastor and she said to herself pretty much, okay, that's it. I'm out of here. I'm going to do my own thing and do what I enjoy doing. And now she's making boatloads of money as an OnlyFans model. And she's doing very well for herself and getting out of that lifestyle and now doing what she enjoys. It's always a pleasure having Nicole Mitchell join us. Nicole, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Thank you, Brian. I'm so good. I actually just had a brand new article today come out about me in the Daily Blast. And they described me as a former celibate pastor turned racy model. <laughs> and I just started laughing because I don't know if people know that story. I was celibate for six years in my 20s because I was trying to stay pure for Jesus. Like it is crazy the things I used to do. You know, it sounds a lot like the new GOP house speaker. I think he's been celibate his entire life. But that's another story for another show. Um, but in all seriousness, like a couple days ago, Republicans had a really bad election night. And one of the main reasons why is the abortion topic, right? These mm-hmm. evangelical Christians and these people that are on the far right, uh, including uh, Governor Yunkin, they all, if they had it their way, would mm-hmm. ban abortion throughout the country. Now, most Americans, as you know, Nicole, yeah. do not believe in that. They believe in a woman's right to choose, both Republicans and Democrats. But coming from the family that you came from, coming from that religion, the evangelical right, they are anti, anti-abortion. And I want to know how you feel about that, because I would imagine you were you were talked to about this topic many a times in your life. I would imagine. How do you feel yeah. about this topic? It's so interesting because I was raised inside of it. Like I was raised on one side, very anti-abortion, anti-anyone who was in support of it, very judgmental. And, you know, we cloaked it in the, in love saying we, we care about babies so much, but there was no contextualization. We were never taught what were women going through that would make them consider an abortion. What other ways does America set women up to not be supported? Like having difficult access to birth control or charging a lot of money for it, or like there's no free childcare after birth. There's like such little support for uh, women and for families. And then now I'm on the flip side over the years, I worked my way to the other side of the camp where I am pro choice. I think a woman has the right to figure to know what's best for her and her family and her future. And something I've never shared publicly, Brian, but I'll share it here with you is I got unexpectedly pregnant with Um, one of my kids. And I remember thinking if I hadn't been raised the way I was raised, I would have considered an abortion. We were on food stamps. We were so poor. I I could not even fathom how we were going to afford another kid on this this lifestyle. It was so terrifying, so overwhelming. And yet I didn't have that as a choice because I've been so indoctrinated that I would be an evil person if I considered a thing. And I think about women in that situation who are in such dire circumstances where having an extra kid can make or break their situation and letting the woman have the option of doing what's right for her is so critically important. Yeah, I I completely agree with you on that. I mean, what were some of the things that not just your family members, but people on the far right, you were a former pastor, people on the far right would say about abortion? Because I would imagine those are some of the same people today that uh, call themselves pro-life and they don't even want exceptions. Some of these people, uh, if a young 9, 10, 11, 12 year old girl, God forbid, is raped or there's incest, some of these people don't even want exceptions uh, in, in those circumstances. That's, I mean, that's what that always blew my mind is like, even growing up in that, growing up in that environment, people said such extreme things that women love getting abortions. Um, women love killing babies. 
Um, women don't value life. Like these extreme statements when it's actually the people saying those things who don't value the woman's life. They don't value her situation. They don't value her autonomy. They don't respect a woman's ability to know for herself what is, what is best for her. And so there was such extreme blatant lies placed upon women who've had to get abortions. And there was almost always the no exception. Like even for rape and incest, there's two kind of camps in my environment. People who said, okay, you can get it if there's rape or incest. And the other camp said, no, all life is precious. You have to preserve all life. I'm like, what about the life of the child carrying the baby because of rape? Like there's, there was no value of the actual person carrying the, the fetus. And so I just feel like there's such hypocrisy in what they say. We value life, but we don't actually value the life that is actually living. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was just going to say that, you know, my biggest uh, problems, I guess you could say, for lack of a better word, of people on the far right is hypocrisy. And I don't like to use the term pro-life when I describe people that are anti-abortion. That's what they are. They're anti-abortion. They're not pro-life. And the reason why they're not pro-life is because once that baby is born, they're against maternity leave. Uh, they're against, you know, child care, uh, universal yeah. health care. Uh, they don't yeah. want to raise minimum wage. They don't, they're against welfare. They're against food stamps. The reason why at one point you were able to get food stamps because you yeah. didn't have the financial means was not because of Republicans, not because mm-hmm. of like the people in your family who I would imagine are very far to the right. It's because of Democrats. Democrats push for help for people that are poor. They're not perfect, but. Food stamps, welfare, maternity leave. These are all things that Republicans seem to be against, and their voting record proves that. Yet they call themselves pro-life. And I'm thinking to myself, you're not pro-life at all. You're anti-life. Once that baby is born, your policies are against helping people that are in need, right? It's so true. And I used to call it anti-abortion, but something I've been considering is I think it's this anti-woman's autonomy. It's just like if a woman wants to do something with her body. There are so many policies set up to stop her. It's just like we cannot, our society cannot handle a free woman. We have to do whatever we can to try to control her. And I think that's like what the real issue is because you're right. They're not pro-life. If you're really pro-life, there's a phrase from womb to tomb. That means you're going to have policies that support life from the birth all the way to death. But we don't. We only have policies to force a woman give birth, but we don't support her after that. We don't support her autonomy. And we we actively discriminate against people groups. And you're right. Me getting on food stamps was huge for helping me get back on my feet. If I hadn't had food stamps, it would have been even worse devastation for my family. So I think there's so much fear that if you help someone out, whether it's through food stamps or a woman get an abortion, you're going to cause horrible things to happen when that might be the very thing they need to get back on their feet. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. With that being said, let me ask you this. What would be your message to, for lack of a better term, a middle-aged, crusty Republican, uh, that's for lack of a better term. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, these male Republicans, they don't know what it's like to be pregnant. They also don't know what it's like, sa- uh, and you know, uh, some of them, I would imagine, to be the victim of a sexual assault and to get pregnant. Um, what would be your message to so many of these middle-aged Republican men out there that want to tell women like you what to do with their own body? What would be your message to them? Listen, the number one thing I tell people is I want you to read the stories of women who've chosen abortion. I want you to read what they were going through, what they what they were facing at the time, the context they were in because I think you're going to you're going to find what's apparently somehow very black and white to you becomes very gray and complex very quickly and you're going to see most of these women 
aren't excited skipping down the line to Planned Parenthood, they're devastated. They're heartbroken. They Their families turned on them. They've lost so much. And now they're going to lose something else and, and be labeled with stigma and shame and prejudice and like guilt. There's just so much there. And if you'd slow down and take the time to read these women's stories, I think you'll find a very different truth than what is peddled in mainstream media. Yeah. And I think even if you disagree with somebody on this issue, there is some middle ground here and there is a candidate on the Republican side. I'm not saying I would vote for her over Joe Biden, but I respect her a lot more than the other Republicans on a stage that running for president. Her name is Nikki Haley. Now, Nikki Haley calls herself pro-life and that's fine, but she does make some very good points. She says she doesn't want women ever prosecuted for getting abortions. Um, she believes that most people in this country are against late-term abortion, and I would agree with her on that. As long yeah. as it doesn't involve the health of the mother, most Americans, Democrat and Republicans, are against late-term abortion. And she yeah. also said, listen, if I'm president, I can't ban abortion throughout the country, so let's stop talking about that, and let's try to reason with one another. And let's, you know, if you want to have a, a – I, don't, I, don't, I think a 15-week ban would, would be a little bit too early. Get, let's give yeah. a woman a little bit more than that, but okay, yeah. you want to go three, four months – Let's just put that into law. No problem. Have no problem with that. And I think she was very reasonable. Even though we disagree with one another, we can still be reasonable. And, and, and I just mm-hmm. feel like there's so many people on the extreme right that are so unreasonable when it comes to this issue. How can you tell a 10-year-old girl who has been raped that she should be forced to have that rape baby, for lack of a better term? I mean, it's so despicable to me. that, And, yeah. and I would imagine that when you were a pastor— an overwhelming majority of the people that were in your church believe that, right? Yeah, I think, I, yeah, I can't speak up for everyone. It was a huge church of thousands of people, but I think you're totally right. And you know what's so interesting? I remember reading the story of a doctor. She got pregnant. They chose to get pregnant. They had a son and they were really wanting a daughter. They found out early on that they were having a little girl and they did, of course, all the testing that you do when you get pregnant and they found out she had major anomalies that would prevent any kind of life after the womb. And so she wanted to be sure though. So she scheduled a ton of appointments. And the only reason she could get her appointments in was because she was a doctor. She could pull strings, but they were trying to beat the 20 week deadline for an abortion. If the baby's life was not viable after birth, she didn't want to put that to her, make her baby go through that. She didn't want to put her family through that. So she's trying to get all the testing as fast as possible in less than 20 weeks so they can make an informed decision about whether or not to go through the abortion. They move as quickly as they can. Tons of privilege, tons of access that the average person in America would not have. And still they could not get all the information in time. So just based on what they had at the time, they decide to have an abortion. And then it's weeks afterwards, they finish getting the results and the baby was okay. Mm. And she was devastated. And she said, if there hadn't been that 20 week deadline. I could have had a few more weeks to get more information. I could have made an informed decision for my family, me, but based on the little bit that I had, I did the best I could. And now, and she has so much like heartbrokenness over this. Cause now people are like, Oh, what happened to your baby? And she just says, I just say she died. Hmm. Right. But there's a, it just shows like we think 15, 20 weeks, plenty of time, but that's for a woman who had access and who had connections. If you did not have that access or privilege, privilege or resources, there's no way you could have gotten that information within 20 weeks and you are you are put in such a tough spot to make a really hard call. Yeah, no question. What would what would uh, be your message to the evangelical right? This is where you come from, where your family comes yeah. from, the way that you were raised as a pastor. What are your message to those people on the evangelical right? When I was part of that circle, I was always told what the other side believed. 
I was told what the other side thinks. And it wasn't until my late 20s, a leader in my evangelical community, I do give credit to him for this. He said, stop listening to what we say about them and go listen to them directly. Go read their books, listen to their podcasts, have conversations with people on the other other side and see what mutual understanding and respect and relationship can form. That has changed my life. Anytime I think I'm against a group of people, I actually want to go get to know them and tell me your story. I want to hear. So for those of you in the evangelical, right, I just encourage you to read books, watch movies, listen to podcasts, meet women who've had abortions and say, would you do me the honor of telling me your story? Because I really believe story has the ability to change our hearts and change our minds more than arguing ever will. And that there's a really good bet. You've never heard directly from someone who's on the other side. Very well said. And I will also tell you this. Uh, there are people on the far right that are call themselves pro-life, and they make it like it's cut and dry that, you know, at conception, yeah. that's, that's, when a, that's when a human being starts at conception. And I can tell you this. All sorts of different brilliant scientists and doctors mm-hmm. have different opinions on this. Some people think right. life starts at birth. Other people think it starts at conception. And then other people, you know, a lot of other people are in between there. There is no direct answer. And don't let anybody tell you differently. We all have different opinions on that. I have mine. And I'm sure you have yours. My personal opinion is I don't believe it's a human being unless it can survive outside the womb. That's always been my personal opinion. And I'm not going to tell a woman what to do with her body. That being said, I don't agree with late-term abortion. And I think there needs to be laws set in place to not allow that to happen either. Uh, but we all make mistakes in life. I hate to call it a mistake. But, hey, there's a lot of teenagers out there that will have unprotected sex no matter what we say. And they're going to make mistakes. And they're, maybe they're not ready to have that child. And then I hear from people on the right, adoption. And it's not very well thought out. And the reason why it's not thought out is right now, Nicole, there are hundreds of thousands of kids that are waiting to be adopted. That's with abortion being legal just about everywhere. There are now, if abortion was illegal across the country, hundreds of thousands would turn into hundreds of millions eventually. Mm -hmm. If we can't even have foster parents or enough foster parents to adopt children now, what makes Mm -hmm. these far right Republicans think that if we ban abortion, we, they could just adopt. And, and these are the same people that probably many of them haven't adopted any children themselves. Right. I was just going to say, I want to know the percentage of, of which of those people say to adopt and then how many of them have adopted. And I do know this. I was actually in the middle of adopting when I unexpectedly got pregnant with my third kid. And there was, there are so many children who need to be adopted, so many children in foster care that they have sales on kids. They'll say this month, you can get a kid for half off. It's like so horrific, right? And like, and then there's all kinds of stories of neglect and abuse in foster homes and even in um, adoptive families. Like you cannot point to a broken system and say, this is the answer. Yeah. Like that. It's not a solution. It's, it's a gimmick. No. And uh, I think uh, this country has spoken. They spoke in the 2022 midterm elections. They spoke the other day and Republicans on the far right continue to beat that dead drum of uh, you know, we're pro-life and we want to ban abortion. But guess what? Most of America isn't buying it, including Republicans, and they're in the minority and they're going to continue to lose elections when they still have these radical mm-hmm. views that they want to put into policy. I cannot believe in our lifetime Roe versus Wade was overturned. Now it's up to the states. And uh, again, Republicans making a big mistake. Uh, they're just going to you can believe whatever you want to believe, but it ain't going to help you win elections when you want to put this into policy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's I'm I was devastated 
um, seen that overturned in my lifetime because of the long-term consequences this has on the livelihoods, the health and the safety of women, their families and children. Do you still talk to people on the far right, evangelical Christians about these kinds of issues, or do you just not even bother anymore because you were a part of that? By the way, it wasn't your choice back in the day, and now you're out of that, you know, far right, uh, alt-Christian yeah. belief. Uh, do you still have those types of conversations with those people? No, I don't. And I think because I spent my whole life, like you said, having those conversations for the opposite side, of course, now that I'm on the other side. But I'm always willing. Like, I think the best way to lead to change is having conversations. So when someone wants to have a hard conversation with me, I'll totally have it. And I'm able to do it in a way without like attacking them. Like I am genuinely curious about their story, but to have that kind of conversation, I want them to treat me respectfully and also be curious about my side of the story. Um, but I don't have it very often. Yeah. I, I, it's really hard when people are so brainwashed, right. And coming from where you came from, to me, it's a brainwashed cult. And I don't have problem with people believing in what they want to believe as far as religion goes. But when you start judging other people, because correct me if I'm wrong, but back in in the day when you were a pastor, I mean, it, it's believed to be a sin to be a homosexual, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, it, I, yeah, to I, be who you are, to be alive, you are a sin. It's it, like it's unreal, insane. Yeah. yeah. It's, how do you talk it's, to people like that? Oh my, it's so hard. I remember this guy in my one of my old churches. I was an adult and I was at a different church at this point, but I heard him tell the story and I was like so angry. Because he was indoctrinating his children. And I remember him saying the story where he was telling his son, who was like maybe 10 at the time, saying, women like to kill their babies. And this is how they do it. And he, he graphically described an, a doctor performing a professional medical procedure as like purposeful torment and torture and like really graphic and ripping the limbs off and the baby screaming and crying like None of this is medically accurate, but anything to indoctrinate his children into joining his beliefs. And he said his son was so angry and couldn't believe any woman would ever allow that to happen. And all the doctors are evil. And I'm like, this is the problem. You're not even sharing facts. You're spewing myth to cause hate and division and to be angry at women. Like, and I saw that from my own church and it was so horrible. And I'm like, how many other families are like this in this church? How many other children are being taught these lies, but told it's truth and they don't know better. And then they're going to grow up just like their parents and perpetuate the same story. It's horrible, Nicole. And isn't it interesting that those same people are probably the same people that are claiming that drag queen reading to kids is indoctrinating our children when, oh, totally. when in essence... <laughs> They're the ones that are indoctrinating their kids, and they're claiming that, God forbid, a man dresses in drag and reads a nice book to a child. Somehow oh that's God. indoctrinating our kids, and yet that story that you just spoke about, which is horrible, by the way, they're the so same bad. people that are indoctrinating their children. They're the same people that are, that are telling uh, their kids that being gay is a sin and it's so bad. They're the same people that are telling their kids, oh, all women are murderers that get abortions and being gay is a sin. They're the ones that are indoctrinating kids, not Democrats, not drag queens, right? I remember when I, I couldn't watch Mrs. Doubtfire growing up. Because Robin Williams was wearing women clothing. That is unbelievable. Because that, that was considered indoctrination, but I was being indoctrinated all day, every day about who I was supposed to be as a woman, what a man is supposed to be. And this sweet, funny movie that I still have yet to see, it's on my list. I could not see because it's considered indoctrination. So the way I tell my people, because they're afraid like, oh, well, Nicole, you indoctrinate your children, you know, that 
abortion's okay, or it's okay to be sexually free or whatever. And I say, when the predominant narrative is, you know, anti-abortion, anti-woman's autonomy, anti-homosexuality, and I am teaching my home to love people for who they are and to believe in equality of all genders and to believe in a woman's right to her body, that is not indoctrination. That is me trying to combat the overwhelming narrative, which is dogma in our society. So it's not the same. People view it as, this, as equal power. But when the predominant narrative and policies are against something, and I'm trying to raise my children up to believe in equality and the safety of all humans and women having autonomy, that's not indoctrination. That's just trying to tip the scale more in favor of freedom and equality for everyone. No doubt. Nicole, I'm glad you're on the right side of this because it's important. You have a large following and, and for you to be speaking out on this, uh, continuing to do so is extremely important. It's one thing to hear from it from a guy. It's another thing to hear for it from a female. And I think it's really, really important. So since it, since it is Friday. Uh, and you know, not that we don't talk about a lot of serious topics on this show. We have been, but uh, I don't talk about the Kardashians very often. Um, <laughs> right. I did get the opportunity to interview all of them when they opened up one of their boutique stores here on the strip. No um, way! I did. What? I did. Yeah, and uh, that was that was an interesting experience. I also sat about five or six feet away from Kendall Jenner at a Laker game with Justin Bieber like a year and a half, two years ago, but. Listen, I think when you talk about this family, uh, the, I, I, I never watched their reality show, um, but, um, you know, it was their father who really made them famous to begin with. Their father, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mr. Kardashian, as I will say, uh, was a very famous attorney. Uh, he's since passed away. He was O.J. Simpson's, one of O.J. Simpson's attorneys. And then you look at the family and you look at, uh, obviously, uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, I still think of him as the Olympian who won gold medals, but uh, it's a very interesting family. Um, and I think they're a lot more intelligent than people will think they are. Uh, with that being said, Kim Kardashian, now she seems to do everything right. Uh, she just recently officiated her first wedding on the Kardashian show between her hairstylist um, and the hairstylist's husband. Uh, so she seems to be doing a little bit of everything. Now, what do you make of this? I love, okay, so I don't know the Kardashians very well. I also don't follow their story. I get little glimpses here and there, but the glimpses I get, I love. I love Kris Jenner. I think she is a badass and powerful, not saying I agree with everything, but she knows how to rally her family. She knows how to level up. I really love Kim. And for so many reasons, like you just said, she does everything. Like she became like an attorney and she's fighting for justice. And now she's marrying a couple. And I'm just like, I kind of see a little bit of myself in her of like, this global empire of where you do many things. And when I saw that she officiated a wedding, I have been wanting to do that for years, Brian. So if anyone is listening and you want someone to officiate your wedding, please let me know. Nicole Mitchell's available. I'll figure out how to get certified or whatever I need because I freaking love that. I'd love to hire you, but I ain't never getting married. No woman wants to spend the rest (laughs) of her life with me. Uh, I can't say I blame them, but uh, yeah, I don't know if that'll be Until we do our pretty woman moment with you. (laughs) Totally. Turn that around, Brian. I'm totally, I'm totally down for that. But uh, that's, yeah, I think it's super cool that Kim Kardashian is doing this at the same time. Uh, the thing I, I dislike a little bit about the Kardashians is that, yeah. you know, they seem to be against the paparazzi and the paparazzi's following them everywhere. But yet they, when they want to promote something, they have no problem with the paparazzi. I, guess what? As a celebrity, you can't have it both ways. If you're going to live that lifestyle and you need the media to promote something, then you ha- it goes with the territory. When you're out in public, people mm-hmm. are going to follow you. People are going to take pictures. Uh, you know, it's just, I, I don't, I don't I like that. I didn't know they were against the paparazzi. Well, when you see some videos and you go on YouTube, some of the Kardashians oh, don't yeah. like it. Listen, 
listen, I get it when you're with one of your kids, gotcha. when you're carrying your kid or listen, you're a celebrity. You have a reality TV show. People are going to follow you and take pictures of. I'm sure it's very annoying, but uh, I, I'm get I get sick and tired of these celebrities crying about. Oh my God, the paparazzi's following me down the street. Guess what? Too bad. I don't now. I, I'm not saying you know what happened to Princess Diana back in the day is absolutely terrible. But you had members of the paparazzi that were breaking the law. They were chasing them at very high high. You can't break the law. I'm not saying that. But if you're in public and you're on a public sidewalk. People have the right to be six, seven, eight feet away from you and following you with a camera. I mean, I can under again, I can understand why that would be annoying, but too bad. It comes with the territory, I think. That's just my personal It's so opinion. interesting. I just watched an interview and I wish I could remember which it was some big male actor. And I'm like, it's I don't I think maybe I think it was Ben Affleck. But I was watching this interview and he was saying, I love the craft and the calling of acting. That is truly my passion and my calling in life. I never asked for the fame side. And he goes, I have to live with that. And he's like, it's honestly the number one thing I hate the most. And I just thought that was such an interesting perspective that he chose the acting life, but he didn't choose it for fame. He chose it because it's his passion and his calling, but it, it's accompanied with this fame aspect. Yeah. And now he has to navigate both of those. But it's interesting because we assume if you want to become an actor or singer, you want to be famous. Mm -hmm. But I think some people pursue their craft and calling are really good at it and then yeah. go on to become famous. But it's not necessarily why they did it in the first place. And and I understand that, but I'm going to get, I, I like Ben Affleck, by the way. I like his movies. I think he's a good dude. With that being said, I'm going to push back with a little of what he said. You can like acting. Doesn't mean you have to do blockbuster movies and make 30, 40 million dollars a movie. If Ben Affleck wanted to be doing plays in New York City, if he was that good of an actor, he could have done that. He could have chose to do that. He could have chose to do things that are a little bit more low key. Nobody forced Ben Affleck to be in these blockbuster movies and write Goodwill Hunting and be an actor in the movie. Nobody forced Ben Affleck to, you know, get back together with J-Lo either. And that's probably still a big reason why the paparazzi follows them everywhere. These are life choices that Ben Affleck made. Nobody forced him to be doing these blockbuster movies. And a part of me understands where he's coming from, but then a part of me doesn't. There are plenty of people out there that are actors that didn't want to be in blockbuster movies. They didn't want the fame. And you know what they did? They decided to do low-key movies, low-budget movies, just to be able to make a living and get by and to be doing plays in New York City. I, I, I just think that, you know... A part of what he's saying is a little disingenuous because a part of him, mm. he does the red carpets. He does the blockbuster movies. So with that comes the territory. He absolutely knew that going in. Ben Affleck's a smart guy. He knew that. Mm -hmm. I know. It's so interesting. I totally hear what you're saying. I just kind of like it because it makes it a little bit more complex and gray mm -hmm. than black and white. And I love playing in the gray. It's just no, I hear you. Because you do blockbuster movies because you love it. You want the kind of money. You like having that kind of presence where you do these big movies but not with the fame when he has a big movie coming out he has no problem doing interviews and talking to the paparazzi and promoting his film and he could use the excuse well i signed the contract and they make me do it listen only when it's convenient for them you know i'll go on the tonight show you know i'll go on with jimmy fallon i'll go on with conan o'brien i'll be a guest on their show so i'll use the media to my advantage to promote one of my movies but if i'm walking down the sidewalk with my girlfriend or my wife stay away from me no that's not the way it works i just think it's very hypocritical and uh you know ben affleck has a lot of money if he wants to rent out a movie theater or a supermarket he could probably do that that's just my personal <laughs> opinion maybe i sound heartless in saying that but that's just my personal opinion that's all 
You're allowed to have one. I yes. love it. Yes. Uh, and I <laughs> listen, I like Ben Affleck. Uh, he's a good dude. I heard he's one of the biggest tippers in Las Vegas at the blackjack table. Um, not a big J-Lo fan, but I am, a, I am certainly a big fan of Ben Affleck, and I like his movies, and I've met him, and I've interviewed him before. I've interviewed Matt Damon, and the nicest people in the world. They're really, really nice people. So I have nothing personally I against Ben that. Affleck. Uh, but wait, big, I, I want to I hear a little bit more about this J-Lo thing. <laughs> well, I'll put it to you this way. Um, don't Give it think to me. I want to hear it. She's a very beautiful woman, very intelligent, yeah. beautiful woman. Can't take that away from her. What is she good at? I think her movies suck. I don't think she's a very good actress. I watched one of her concerts because I was on a date and I was forced to, and she lip synced the whole show. So she can't sing. I think we all could probably agree with that. She doesn't write her own music. She can't sing. Does she have an Oscar-worthy performance? Has she, has she ever done a movie where people walked on the movie and said, wow, that J-Lo, what a phenomenal actress. I don't know what she's really good at. That's all. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I mean, all due respect to her, what is she good at? She's very beautiful. She's very smart, intelligent. I don't know. I just don't, don't, I, I, if, you, if you're going to label, she said in the past that I sing for my people. No, you don't. You lip sync for your people. I don't know. I saw her, uh, one of her shows on the strip. I, uh, it, you want to call yourself an entertainer like Britney Spears? That's fine. She's not a singer, not a musician. I don't consider her to be a musician. She does. I don't consider, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong in thinking that, but I don't consider her a very good musician or a very good actress. That's just my personal opinion, right? That's like when I see Is she allowed to be? Is she allowed to be a mediocre singer, mediocre Absol- performer, mediocre Absol- actor? Absolutely. But when I think okay. of somebody like Lady Gaga, right? Saw her concert. Unbelievable musician. That is a true musician. And I also think she's a better actress, too. I would take Lady Gaga over J-Lo any day of the week. That's my personal opinion. I love this. Okay, I just learned something new about you. I yes. didn't know you had um, some I'm standing with by so- that. I'm standing by that. I don't like lip syncers, male or female. When I go see a concert, when I go see a concert, I want to see them sing. That's all I ask. I don't think that's asking too much, right? And I, Okay, so I, I've never really thought about this too deeply until you just brought this up. But I've always yeah. wondered how these musicians sing hours night after night after night after night. So there's a little room for understanding on my part. If on occasion they need to rest their vocal cords still do the whole fucking performance. But if link lip syncing is involved to like give it a break because they're doing so many tours or so many performances, there's a little bit of understanding in me about that. Yeah. I, I would also say that when you have these, these big tours, these musicians, musicians, they, they try not to do back to back and they have vocal cultures, uh, vocal coaches, and there's ways to rest your voice. Uh, I think with some of these musicians, it's a cop out. Uh, mm-hmm. I, and, and, you know, uh, I think of some of the best voices of our generation, um, you know, and they're not lip syncing, right? Adele is not lip syncing. Right. Um, you know, Barbara Streisand never lip synced. Um, mm. you know, so regardless of Elton John or, or whoever it is, uh, John Legend, they're not lip syncing. They're true mm-hmm. musicians. And I think if you're a true musician and you have to lip sync, then you're going to call off the concert. That's, that's, that's just my personal opinion. You never, you never see you too. You never see one of their shows and, and lip syncing from the lead singer. So I don't know. Uh, we'll just, we'll just have, I don't know. Uh, I just think it's, it's here nor there. They're entertainers. And if people want to spend money and see a lip sync concert, it's America. You have the right to do so. You're just not going to see me there. That, that's just, you know, that's just my opinion. But, uh, hey, we'll have to leave it at that. Nicole, what are you up to this weekend before I let you go? We are decorating for Christmas. We put our tree up last night. We're now doing ornaments today. We're getting uh, Christmas lights up. So we are fully in the spirit. I guess 
We're one of those, mainly because of my children. They are big into Christmas. What about you? I love it. Uh, Well, I'm going to see a concert uh, this weekend. Uh, Tonight, I'm going to see the UNLV football game. Uh, They have a chance to for their eighth win this year, so it's a big game tonight on national television. Sunday, I'm planning to go to the Raiders game against the Jets. Uh, Wow. Saturday, my good friend Anderson Hunt, who was in studio yesterday, a UNLV basketball legend, uh, he is getting his jersey retired to the Raptors, and then we're going to do a little partying oh. after. So it's going to be oh uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So it's certainly going to be a jam packed weekend. You have me. a full weekend. Let me know if they lip sync or not at your concert. <laughs> I will. That's very good, Duche. I, <laughs> I will. Uh, I don't think Rick Springfield lip syncs. I don't think he has to. But uh, <laughs> the, la- the ladies love him anyway. Nicole, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. I appreciate it. We'll catch up with you next week, and I hope you have a great weekend. Okay. You too. Bye, Brian. Thank you. There's Nicole Mitchell, everybody. Always a pleasure having her on the show every week. Yeah, we do have a uh, a lot going on this weekend. Uh, let me start out by saying this. Uh, UNLV football, this is going to be a good game. I have a weird feeling about this game. I want UNLV to win this football game. I root for UNLV, of course. I root for Coach Odom. Great guy. Good coach. They're having a great year. I don't know. Wyoming's sneaky good. They're also a bowl team that have won six games already this year. I think if UNLV wins this game, I think it's going to be by a field goal. I think it's going to be a very close football game. I have a feeling it's going to be one of those games. I could be wrong, but I think this game has the uh, sort of same feeling as a game they played several weeks ago at home against a division rival. I think it's I think it's going to be a very close football game, and I think it's going to come down to the wire, and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, gosh, I hope the fans come out. If there's any team that football UNLV football team that deserves it, it's this team. They're already seven and one. They have a chance to uh, win 10 games this year. This would be their eighth. So uh, come out and support UNLV football tonight. Uh, as far as the UNLV basketball team is concerned, they uh, have some retribution. Uh, and they have to prove to this city that they're much better than they were the other night when they lost to Southern. Uh, I believe they're playing Stetson, if I'm not mistaken, on Saturday. Game's at four o'clock. But uh, to be honest with you, more important than the game is uh, my good friend Anderson Hunt who's getting his jersey retired. And that's going to be a very special moment for him. And I'm going to be there for him. And I'm going to be wearing my Anderson Hunt jersey. First time in 20 years, I'm going to be wearing a UNLV basketball jersey to a UNLV game. And I'm doing it for Anderson because he deserves our support. So uh, I'll be out there on Saturday watching that game. And then I'll be doing some adult activities with Anderson uh, legal uh, and partying it up with him uh, after the game. And then on Sunday, um, I, I got to be honest with you. I, Something tells me that the Raiders are going to beat the Jets over the weekend. I don't know if that's going to happen. It's just an opinion. You want me to give you all my opinions? Here they are. And I'm taking chalk. I think UNLV does win tonight, but I think it's going to be a very tough game. And I think it's going to be a close game and a one-possession game. But I do think UNLV football finds a way to win tonight. I think the UNLV men's basketball program is going to have a much better showing. I don't know if they're going to cover a spread. I'm not getting into that. I'm not getting into spreads at all. I'm just saying I think UNLV basketball wins on Saturday, and they're going to win one for Anderson Hunt. And I know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to disagree with me on this. I don't know what the final score is going to be. I think the Raiders beat the Jets on Sunday. I do. This is a rejuvenated team with a new head coach and a team that seems to be come together. I think the Raiders find a way to win on Sunday. So there you go. There's my three-team parlay. I'm not Chris Wynn. Sometimes my parlays do come through and win. So that's uh, that's what I'm going with today, all right? 
I'm going to go check out Rick Springfield's sound check right now. That's right. So uh, that's going to be fun also. A lot of cougars out there, I'm sure. Uh, but thanks for joining us, everybody. It's been a fun week of shows. God, I appreciate all my guests. I appreciate Doc Walls, of course, Nicole Mitchell. I appreciate all the guests that joined me on this show. And next week is going to be no exception. We're going to have some more political candidates in studio and some very, very, very special guests joining us next week as well. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Appreciate it. We'll see you on Monday. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Chris Wynn will be joining us in studio on Monday. So hopefully we'll get his blood pressure up really high. That's always fun to do so. Even though if he has a heart attack, I'm not giving him mouth to mouth. I want to be very clear on that. That's Numchuck. Numchuck will be. Yes, giving, you will. No, Numchuck will be giving him mouth to mouth. No. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Yeah.